Yes, we're back for 2022. It's time for the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast Edition 1, 2022. Uh, Maxi Tanks is in the studio. Good evening, mate, and uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year already. It feels like forever ago that we, we did go through Christmas and New Year. Yeah. We're almost through January already, and uh, I know the traditional kickoff in the Greater Western area is Roma uh, towards the end, uh, begin, sort of middle of February, yep. isn't it? Middle to end of February, and then we get into Blackhall and Mount Isa, and we're into a full swing of things. But uh, yeah, there's been plenty of wet weather around, and um, I'm, I'm sure everyone's probably been licking their lips to get some horses back into work, but it's uh, certainly thrown a spanner in the works. And look, we we, um, we both went away this year, and and at the end of the racing season, I think everybody will agree, you're done, aren't you? Yeah, completely done. Uh, you're exhausted. You've done a million miles travelling. Um, you know, you've backed plenty of losers. But it gets to this time now, and you're literally ticking off the days uh, to the first race meeting. You start to just think about, oh, you know, this race is coming up, and you're starting to put preps together in your head, and you've got the what-ifs, and then the yep. you start looking through the auctions for maybe more horses and that sort of thing. It's um, it's certainly getting to, to that time of year, and I uh, you know, can't wait. <laughs> Let's briefly look back at, at 2021, and uh, it was a year again where racing really took the headlines. They managed to keep going. Um, some good racing, uh, Battle of the Bush took place, the Country Cups Challenge, the Stampedes, I think we saw some wonderful uh, individual performances in cups around the country. Um, mate, it's hard to pen down one highlight, but uh, is there anything that stood out for you? Yeah, it, I know we've touched on it before, but it almost felt like a year in two parts, mm. didn't it? I mean, we, we go through the beginning of the year and the... And that horse that we all spoke about, scintillating, you know, like he, he set the world alight and uh, we saw him winning um, everything that he, he went in. We saw him go to Rockhampton and win that uh, Country Cup race. He, he finished it all off with a, uh, a dominant win at McKinlay in the, in the uh, Outback Showcase final. Um, and, yeah, after that, everything just sort of, it, it just felt like a bit of a, a, a real, I suppose, de- deflated sort of feeling, yep. didn't it? Everyone you spoke to felt exactly the same way because we just didn't know how how um how high the ceiling was for this horse and um i guess after that it, it was always just going to be who's going to be that next horse that yep. is going to step into step into the shoes that have been left behind and i don't think anyone really put their hand up to say you know i'm going to be that next champion open horse across the greater western region but yep. um there's certainly a few that are as I suppose they're stamping their credentials anyway coming into 2022. Let's talk about Van Winkle, and uh, he was a dual cup winner this year, Longreach Cup winner, and also the Cloncurry Cup winner, both uh, obviously ridden by Jason Misson and Mark Oates, uh, the winning trainer. And it was a great performance by Oatesy with that horse because he was basically up all year. Um, He raced, I think, probably in the opening season. He went to Rockhampton, got beaten in the nose by sizzlating in that country cup there. And then something dropped with him, and, and he won those cups back-to-back. I think, forget about he went around in Brisbane, because obviously he'd been up for so long, but uh, he's a horse I'm sort of keen to see where, where we go with him next year as well. I believe he's gone amiss. I think he had to have surgery after Did that he? run at Brisbane. So yep. watch this space. I don't know if we'll, we'll see him back yep. anytime soon, but um, hopefully it was a major surgery and we do get to see him. Like you said, he he's... With, when the penny drops for those kind of horses, it, it's definitely something that you you hope to see them go on with. And, um, you know, he was always a horse that looked always scared when he was racing in company. You know, if he got tired, he sort of chuck it in a little bit. But it was certainly not the case at, at Longridge and Cloncurry, like you mentioned. 
it's hard to go past the last meeting of the season because that's the one that's fresh in your mind. And I had the benefit of calling uh, that last day at Bar Calder. And, and we saw two really good winners. In fact, it was a big day for Todd Austin. He, he, won, he won with four horses. Uh, Rick McMahon rode three of those, uh, now uh, based here in the Central West. But firstly, Star of O'Reilly. Uh, he was very good. He, he came to Todd in good order after being with Trinity Bannon. Um, and since that run at Bar Calden, he's gone on and run second in the Magic Millions Country Cup. So I think he's obviously a horse uh, to look forward to in the future. But there's a horse by the name of Echo Point uh, who won that final race on the card there at um, Bar Calden. One by seven lengths, uh, ran time. Uh, subsequently went to Rockhampton, ran second, ran fourth in Brisbane, given a torrid run. And and form from that race is solid with uh, Golden Treasure, the runner-up on that day, uh, winning at Warwick on Saturday. Echo Point, probably the one to watch in that cup space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, I, I think that, that second in that race is probably going to hold up. You know, you, you swap the barriers and he probably goes close to winning. I mean, he sat mm. wide majority of the race with no cover. Rick really had to burn him to try and get him up into a position where he could he could probably race without being off the track. So, yeah, it's it's another case of um, it'll be... Well, I suppose he's got to go through the grades even. He was only a Class 1 horse when he arrived, so yeah. he's still a Class 2 horse at the moment. He's got a high rating, but um, I'm sure Todd would be able to place him in some races there with Rick obviously being the heavyweight jockey, be able to snipe off some races pretty nicely. Feels like an AGM. Um, I feel, I'm going to say business arising from uh, 2021. And first of all, I'm going to talk about the river circuit. Um, with COVID worries, um, they decided not to go ahead. Um, a couple of other uh, clubs picked up the, the meetings on the shoulders. Ilfracombe took one, Junda took one, and the big tab meeting at Bar Calden uh, was the Birdsville Jewel in the Crown. From there, Bird, Batuta and Baduri... Um, didn't carry on with or carry forward their meetings into 2022, but Birdsville did. And uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting to see what happens with that meeting because, uh, A, we've seen Birdsville before with, with the COVID, um, you know, with the COVID worries in inverted commas, um, the bed worries, etc., like that. The town um, don't really want that type of infection uh, coming through a small place where they don't have much hospitals but probably the big key to it for mine is are the horses going to be ready um would you risk taking a horse all that way just for one run um you know thinking that you know a lot of horses don't come back from that birdsville circuit no absolutely right and i I think like you said without having batuta and baduri um there's no real support you know if you if you can't really I suppose, set, ha- set horses for multiple races. And it's a long way to go to get beat. I know they're going to pay down to 10, 5th of tab mm. day, etc. But it, it's still a long way to go to get beat. And like you said, if if, if p- there's potential that these yep. horses aren't going to come back the same way, it's, it's, it's uh, basically riding off the rest of the year. Um, and not only that, I think really you put into perspective now, a lot of this rain that does fall around a lot of these areas, it, it does tend to flow down to Birdsville it's yeah. probably going to be arriving around that time that this this cup's going to be run so fingers crossed those roads are accessible and um, we can actually make it down there yeah looking forward to it I, I do have a worry um, that uh, the two-day carnival might be a, a little bit ambitious uh, that's a lot of horses that have got to get down there um, that'll, that'll be interesting for me uh, other things uh, that have popped up from last year is a lot of jockeys on the move um, particularly from the northwest we've seen Rick McMahon relocate down here Timmy Brummel uh, move down here we've seen a change in the mine roster up there in the northwest too which could affect um, jockeys like Terence Hill 
Um, that leaves some. I mean, we've always we've always blown their trumpet up there that that they have their self-sufficient type of style up there, but now it's looking a lot less likely. I mean, uh, probably only five jockeys domiciled in the area. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's I suppose when you think about it as well, we, we've got Dan and Keith as well. Keith, obviously, um, there's no, I suppose, hiding it. He is a lot older now. It's mm. going to be a lot harder for him to be getting up and riding those five five race cards each week and Dan obviously being a heavyweight jockey as well it's not something you can just sort of get around to that 58 kilo mark and and ride some of those lower weight horses either so yeah like you said we have always said they've been a self-sufficient group up there but it's it's getting to that point now where we're probably going to see the likes of Jeffrey Felix and that making that journey across probably a lot more and they are going to start relying on a lot of those fly in fly out uh, jockeys to be making the trip across and I don't think there's any bigger elephant in the room in the greater western region um, let's narrow it down to the southwest than the Charleville track uh, we saw it bow out uh, early last year we saw a comeback for a cameo in August and then the rain uh, on the eve of Melbourne Cup Day, um, albeit that the meeting had been um, put off before then. I actually had the um, luxury or, or the, um, the pleasure, or I don't know if it was a pleasure, of actually seeing the state of the track uh, just a bit after Christmas. Uh, look, there's a lot of work to be done. I spoke to the, to the Mayor of Merway, Sean Radnich, and he, he did assure me that there is a... Um, an agreement coming forward with Racing Queensland and the Murway Shire because it was a joint project. But uh, no no Charleville races in the calendar to begin with. And look, there's a lot of horses in training in Charleville. Uh, I know Les has only got a, a relatively small team, but you've got Ivor, who's got a strong team. Jono's always got a dozen. Um, Paddo's down there. A little bit up the road is, you know, Raymond Fraser. It's a stronghold for racing, and they need that Charleville track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we've already seen uh, Shane Iverson um, with a winner this year at Sunshine Coast on the weekend. But, yeah, like you said, they've, they've got a lot of trainers that train out of that Charleville area, and um, it, it's certainly going to be a shame if they can't find a, a resolution sooner rather than later. I mean, no, I've mentioned it already, but that weather that you've referred to is going to be playing havoc there for, uh, yeah. you'd assume, the next few months to come as well um, with the Lenina that's forecasted. So... Uh, fingers crossed they um, can get on top of that. But uh, I suppose we, there's a is a horse that we've got to mention that come out of that southwest area um, that has the potential to just keep going this year as well and will be a big contender in the Battle of the Bush, and that's VJ Day. I mean, it yep. was a huge winner in, of the Stampede um, in December um, and just how impressive it was as well uh, at the good price of, I think it was double-figure odds on the day. Mm. Yeah, that's, that sort of wraps up probably um, a few of the things that come out out of last year. Of course, uh, the Barker's Premiership Central West Jockey of the Year uh, was Brooke Richardson. Uh, Emma Bell ran second, and David Rewalt uh, Mr. Consistent in third. So um, be looking forward to clubs jumping on board again, Maxie, and and, uh, and uh, running with that initiative as well because it was well supported and. Um, um, I don't know. It was a bit of banter between between the <laughs> jockeys as well. I know they wouldn't admit it <laughs> on the air, but uh, you know who who doesn't want three grand jumping in their bank account at the end of the year? Yeah, exactly right. Um, 
I suppose it was one of those things where it couldn't have been scripted better either. It came right down to mm. the to the very final meeting there at uh, Bar Calden, and um, I think it almost even came down to the second last race of the day yep. before there was a definite winner decided. So you love it when the things come out to a to a plan like that, and you've always got those backstories that revolve around the races there as well. Man, without, without going into to any backstory either, it'll be interesting to see. Um what happens with Alicia Ross this year as well because uh, last year she did have a fantastic start to the season and things probably didn't pan out um, to plan when she when she went to Rockhampton and um, look I know she's moved back out to the Central West so I mean she does bolster the, the riding racks, ranks horses run for her her record speaks for itself so it'll be great to see her back in 2022 as well there it will um, I think there's a little bit of time still left to run on that disqualification but I know that she'll um Look, from what, everything that I've seen on social media, she's, she really is keen to make amends for, you know, the, and for, she's put her hand up and said that she made those mistakes and she's yeah. really keen to put her hand up and make amends for those and um, obviously get get things back on track. And like you said, um, she she will bolster the, the riding ranks and the horses do go for her. There's no denying it. And she yeah. that was, you know, indicative in the fact that she had such a commanding lead in the leaderboard prior to, um, prior to everything transpiring at the end of the year. Let's move on to 2022, and uh, as you said, Maxie, the the year kicks off mid-February in Roma before the Central West and North West join the party. Uh, I think it's something like the 27th of February with uh, Mount Isa and Blackall. But um, looking forward to this year, mate, um, you know, what what are a couple of the key things that um, will get M Tanks trackside? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's certainly interesting. I mean, we've, we've probably a bit excited about our, our couple our couple of horses mm. coming back into work i mean it's something that's definitely going to be getting me trackside but um it, it's exciting coming into the battle of the bush again this year because i i think um there as we saw in the stampede we, we've also we've probably got a couple of really good horses we're speaking of vj day um awanichi uh Boingo's always up there as well i mean that's a and then um you just think of the likes of raiden who always run cracking races um, Wall Street Tycoon may have got found out as being, you know, a thousand meter horse, mm. um, and uh, it's it's going to make it interesting coming into the Battle of the Bush because a lot of those horses they're going to be picking up these wins going into those races, which means they're certainly not going to be any better off at the weights. Um, so coming into that, I mean, people pick up new horses. I'm really excited to maybe see some of the new uh, additions to some of the stables as we uh, get into the year. Do you think a horse like Nick the Skip? Um, look, I know he, he rushed through the grades at the start of the last year, and when it came to Battle of Bush time, there was obviously a few issues, and he was probably as a sprinter might have been at the end of his prep. He's going to come into this year with those five runs under his belt. Do you think Ivo uh, might be able to find him a nice race first or second up and then be competitive in, in, in a Battle of the Bush? I don't think there's any doubting his ability, is there? I mean, mm. like you said, he'd, he'd probably been up for quite a while, and he'd been at the top of his game for quite a while as well. Mm. So... Um, We've seen it um, a decent spell to some of these horses that have their first prep out in the bush. They always come back a better horse. So, uh, fingers crossed, he's one of those ones that's up there. It's certainly making it a competitive race day. And I had a chat to Ivo on his way home from the sunny coast the other night, and uh, he, he mentioned Maurice Press. You know, unfortunately, when he won that race so dominantly at Longreach and then goes and wins at the Sunshine Coast, how do you place them? And you know, there's not many one class one, class two plates. So he's got a uh, he's got a long t- um, term sort of plan to, to maybe qualify for the Battle of the Bush as well. So uh, no, it's it's good it's good coming into the year. And of course, um, the Northwest, uh, Stephen Roy's uh, George Tipping look to have reduced their stables. Um, I know Jay Morris has only got a couple of horse up there. So it's going to be the Tanya Parry, Kerry Crow. 
And uh, Denise Ballard, I know she's going to come in. Uh, she usually comes in about April. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Damien Fint has always usually got a couple of handy ones as well, doesn't he? So, um, look, it's going to be an interesting year. Um, like you said, and they've probably got a, a real ageing group of horses up there as well. They're open company horses more so than a lot of places. They've, they've got to go through a real transition period soon, aren't they? I mean, mm. you think of Loud Enough, uh, Charlie Cat, Wicked Wiki. Um, you know, they're, they're all 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Mm. They're, they're going to be probably, they're at the twilight years. And there's no denying that they're racing incredibly. But, you know, it's it's... There's going to be a transition period soon, and I'll be really interested to see who does stick their hand up and say, "Look, I'm going to be the next open company horse of the Northwest," and because uh, they got some big shoes to fill, because those horses have been stalwarts up there for a lot, quite a long time. Hypothetically, if you uh, own Tango Rain, would you think about uh, maybe brushing him back off and bringing him back in? It's it's one of those ones where it's it's half a dozen or one six of, six of the other, isn't it? Because I mean, like he's going to be a horse that's carrying sixty six kilos each week. Uh, mm. There's not that many qualities or plates around set weights races where you can put him in. Is it, is it worth keeping a horse in work just to to be trying to pick off those races yep. and going across the towns, or you, you're still getting lumped at that huge weight? So for me, it's it's probably the trade off isn't going to be worth the the reward. I don't think so. It's, I I personally wouldn't. Um, but, you know, I suppose speaking of horses that potentially are going to be taking on that slate as an open company horse, Dukes County is a horse on the yeah. way up. Um, we're certainly coming towards the end of his prep last year, but with a decent spell, like you said, Denise comes in about April. It's going to be very interesting to see how he's returned. Central West, and there's no doubt that the benchmark's going to be Todd Austin uh, teaming up with Rick McMahon. We saw those two horses I mentioned, Star of O'Reilly, and also... Um, Echo Point really dominant at the end of last year, but uh, he's always got a, a strong team. Having a jockey there with you is a big help as well, and um, there's no doubt Todd's going to be mighty hard to beat this year. Oh, absolutely. We saw um, we saw his last year. He, he went for a little, I suppose, period where he did scale all his numbers down. He came back as that boutique stable, and he's um, picked up some really nice horses, and he's got some really strong Probably not the same numbers he used to have, but geez, he's got some really quality horses there at the moment. An interesting uh, combination, um, and welcome to Robbie Farr and Sherry Vick, who, who are coming to the Central West, but teaming up with Richard Simpson, I think that uh, could be very interesting as well. Well, we're certainly going to welcome the jockey edition of Robbie yep. Farr out here. It's uh, he, Having another jockey based in the Central West is, is certainly a huge asset, um, and you know you, you certainly couldn't... Um, I suppose crit- criticise anyone wanting to move out here. It's some great facilities at the long range track. It's um, certainly you know big, wide, and you know they have the ability to have some more Central West horses going around. It's going to be great. Patrick O'Toole had a big team last year. He he probably uh, would admit himself that he didn't have the year he'd hoped for. But with those numbers, um, with that stable, they just love getting tracks or they love getting winners and um, just just a tweak of good luck and and they'll be winning winning a few as well. Yeah, and I, I did see that they looked like they were probably culling off some of those ones that probably weren't up to the scratch as well. I did see a lot of horses being uh, looked to rehome towards the end of the year. So, um, you know, I know Patrick and a lot of those boys, they and, and Shani and Kaylee, they do like to, to yep. buy some, some horses. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some new additions coming in uh, throughout the year. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, the mainstays of, of David Rewell, who turns out every week, um, Oatsy, Rodney Little and Boy Foster. So numbers look good in the Central West. Oh, they certainly do. Um, 
And it, yeah, like you said, if we can keep some of these jockey numbers uh, the way we've got at the moment, it's probably going to be a really good year for Central West Racing. Set, uh, Southwest now, and um, look, I think no trainer had a better 2021 than uh, Raymond Fraser. Uh, he started with a bang with the likes of Old Town Road, and he finished it off with King Coney and Ving Nagarette, and there was a couple of other ones in there as well. Um, looking forward to seeing what Raymond produces this year. Uh, and we've mentioned the Charleville trainers, and of course Shane Iverson in, in his return was fantastic as well yeah absolutely right and um venturing further uh, i suppose east and you get to roma and we see the likes of um obviously wayne baker craig smith both had some some really big years but, but also cheryl rogers i thought the way she got hard enough to continually go on that winning streak there her and stewie and uh Picked up some nice horses as well. I, I think um, Cheryl's in for another big year also. And, and also, too, further, further south. And um, Wayne Baker finished off the year pretty well as, as well. And uh, g'day to Wayne if he's tuned in. And Craig Smith, um, a bit of a quieter year, but towards the end of last year, um, picking up a few races in Rockhampton and, and stuff. And I think he's ready to hit the ground again in 2022 yeah it was like you said it's probably a little bit quieter in the country scene but he was picking off a lot of provincial races which is um i suppose it makes the trip certainly worthwhile with that boosted prize money so um it will be interesting to see uh how he goes there because i mean he's probably in a disadvantaged position and, and the same with all those roma and Charleville trainers where it's a lot of their horses would have to be either suited to the track or they're not. There's no in-between. There's not somewhere you can sort of just get away with uh, racing on Roma and Charleville. You either go there or you don't. So um, it may even be going through one of those runs where horses aren't suited to that area, but uh, getting onto the grass, they were certainly winning. Yeah, certainly plenty to look forward to for this year. And, mate, you've got uh, a controversial statement to uh, wind us up for episode one of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News podcast. Yeah, I know Brookie is pretty keen to um, actually put her opinion forward on this one as well. Um, but what I suppose there's a, a, a owner that um, everyone would know his name. He's, he's won almost every single big race in uh, 2021, and that owner is Brace Sikolsky. And uh, leading up to the Magic Millions, which again is one of his horses that he had part ownership in, one uh, Cool and Gatter, he said, uh, "If they, the trainers, are accepting horses from me, it comes with a very explicit caveat that I want my opinion heard." So, um, I mean, we've, we've seen how flamboyant yep. he is in, in the uh, mounting yard. We've seen what he's like up there when he's accepting trophies. We've seen what he's like in the media. I couldn't imagine he'd be the easiest person to train for. No. Um, but if you can get through that, I, I think he's probably giving you some, some pretty decent horses. But it does bring us to, I suppose, the, the topic of... And I know we see it all the time in a lot of yep. the Facebook groups that we're in that... Um, owners thinking that they know, know the B's all and end's all. And I know Brooke did mention that maybe if the owners want the trainer's job that they can get a license and get their hands <laughs> dirty to do the hard work. But it's an interesting topic on, on how much say, I suppose, a train, an owner should be able to have with a trainer who trains their horses. Yeah, I think Bray's um, situation is a little bit different to you and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's got the money. And look, and he's got the arrogance, and that's pretty much what it is, the arrogance to come out and say that type of thing. And he's also got the benefit benefit of buying the best horses in the country so if you do want that horse you do listen to him and i think there was a, a wasn't there that um spat with linda meach yeah uh, a couple of years ago when bray was uh, just on the scene since then he's won everything that you can poke a stick at um but look out here in the bush i, I think there's been times in, in both our careers where we've 
um, made a little bit of a mention. I remember one jockey um, made us look like an idiot because he weighed in light after we went in for the bat with him. Uh, good evening, Luke Dillon, if you tuned in. Um, <laughs> it, but sometimes you, um, you, you know, like I remember we did go into bat and we wanted Luke on the horse and yeah, and one thing led to another. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Um, I don't think there's a problem in, in mentioning it, but basically speaking, a lot of jockeys are aligned to stables out here, aren't they? So, you know... Um, with our horses with Oatsy, of course. Oatsy's uh, struck up a great association with Jason Misson, so um, our horse will be ridden by Jason Misson. If you've got one with Rodney Little, more than likely you're going to have Emma Bell. Uh, if you've got one with Toddy, um, you know, you're going to get Rick or Brooke. So uh, it's probably a little bit different out here, but talking about Bray's situation, I mean, yeah, money talks, doesn't it? It talks all languages. Oh, it certainly does. And, um, you know, I, I think there's probably two sides to all these sort of stories as well when yep. you talk about owners um you know having input with trainers i think owners definitely deserve to have an input i yeah. but it, it comes back to i suppose you're entrusting this trainer to train your horse they should have you know the majority of the say they they know what they're doing uh if if, if like brooke said if you're an owner and you think you know better than the trainer you should be the one that's taking out your trainer's license yep. yourself because it's going to save you money in the long run but <laughs> um i just think um you know it's most most owners will already yep. have spoken to their trainers about it. They they go into that sort of situation full and willingly knowing the the I suppose the relationship with each other and what they can and can't say. You know what's off limits, what's on limits, and yep. you know exactly where each other stands. So um, it's it's certainly interesting seeing some of these more flamboyant owners. I suppose once upon a time you never really no. heard from the owners behind behind racehorses, did you? It was no. all about the trainers. They were sort of uh, conveying everything and we, we never knew what was going on behind the scenes, but it's um, certainly a different day and age now. It is too. And, and the other thing with being an owner as well, I mean, if you're a, a, a small share in a my, my runner's horse or <laughs> something like that, of course, you're not going to have a say. But also too, I mean, if you're only a small percentage in a horse, you've got to understand, I think it's relative, your opinion's relative to how much... The, the horse you own as well oh definitely um i know we all you know probably think uh, once we own a, a hair of the mane of a horse that we we always say oh we own a racehorse we don't go so around saying you know we own a, a minuscule amount it's always you own a racehorse but you know at the end of the day it's a uh, quite a few people in there with you and we all um definitely have to i suppose um have an agreement about a guest to, to fill out that 100%. Mate, uh, it's great to be back. And um, we'll, we'll have a couple of weeks off now and we'll come back around that sort of Roma time and uh, and slowly get into the year. But uh, Brooke Richardson will be joining us again for 2022. Uh, she was just... Uh, had other commitments today, so it'd be great to have Brooke back. Uh, she brings certainly brings a lot to the podcast. Maxie, thanks for your time, mate. Good to be back. It certainly is. And, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm itching for Roma already. Uh, we're, we're inside a month, and I can't wait. Signing out of the Greater Western Queensland Racing News podcast. Uh, have a, a wonderful week, and hopefully get plenty of rain as well. Yeah.